now tuned in to the cold hard truth. Cayman's number one hard-hitting live podcast show, where we feature some straightforward conversations on political, social, and celebrity news, and all things happening in the Cayman Islands and around the world. This show was created to give the people a voice and a means of being involved and informed without any filters. Sometimes it gets crazy, but we always keep it real. We bring you the tea piping hot so grab your favorite beverage and join the conversation via whatsapp at 324-1612 email tips at caymanmorrowroad.com now here's your host sandy hill broadcasting live from the beautiful cayman islands for December from 11am till 7pm. This family-friendly market will feature stalls with local vendors and micro-businesses. Well, yes, I'll put you in mute for a second. She's probably going to be ready after this commercial break. One minute. One minute. Good morning, everybody. Hello, Miss Mitzi is the first one out of the barn today. Look at that. 
You get a Mitzi. Mitzi's like, yeah. I might be in North Side, but I'm up early. Miss Gina, good morning. How are you? Page for more details. Stride against cat. All right. Felicia, good morning. How are you? Miss Jennifer is here. Wagwan, Wagwan. Ruby says, what? Voy, F-Y-I. Voy, as in vamanos. Ooh, look at Erin with her CMR mud, drinking her tea. Good morning to Larry. Happy Thursday. Buenos dias, Miss Daisy. Safe on the road with ICWI. Oh, gosh, they got lots of things going on over at 106 this morning. Richard, how are you? Good morning, sunshine. Thank you, thank you. I feel good this morning. I feel like it could be a ray of sunshine. We're going to get it. All the news, all the happenings. Good morning to Miss Dawn. She says, good morning, my Cayman family. Fam, fam. Good morning. Good morning. How are you guys? Hello. Buenos dias. How are you? Uh, wonderful. I was going to respond. I, I, I mute but... you while you're doing your stuff um, in the mornings. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. good. Okay, so perfect. I, I like your hand cues. You're one yeah, minute. I'm... You're okay. Drinking yeah. the coffee. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Our rudimentary sign language. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm like, I need this. I don't know what it is, but I was just, you know, when you're dead asleep, when your alarm goes off, where am I? Oh I that was me. I was in, yeah. I finally got some like dead sleep and it was great. Oh, anyway. Yeah, I feel but, like yeah, this so. week that I've been sleeping harder in the yeah. mornings. Like, it's been harder for my alarm clock to get me up, which probably yeah. means I really need the rest. But yeah, I feel you, Aaron. Trust me. I'm not a napper, and that's the problem, is the only time I'll sleep is at night. I just, if I nap, it's like, it's either for hours or nothing. <laughs> yes, I, I feel that as well. Anyway. So, I think napping can kind of throw you off a little bit. Yeah, I think so too. So, um, see what's going on out there in your in world. In the world of news. What's the world? What's, what's everybody talking about? Um, well, our daily totals seem to be reducing for COVID that's infection. Good. Wonderful. Good. So yesterday's numbers, which would have been for the previous 24-hour period, basically, um, up until Wednesday morning, mm -hmm. there were 70 uh, positive results, two in travelers and 68 from the community. Okay. So, you know, that's significantly, that's quite a reduction. You know, a couple of weeks ago, we were like 200 and everybody was yeah. panicking. So goes to I mean, but stay calm. So, but that was always what was going to happen. There's all, mm -hmm. it, I mean, we've seen it in the world. It's just and weird. You know what? It might go back up. Don't panic. It, it's it's It'll just, happen. yeah, it, it has gone up and down and up and down. And it's just protect yourself yes. as, as you can. Yes, we're going to have waves of it. Um, we still are edging at that 80% mark for people who've completed two doses. Like literally we've been stuck at 79% for a minute. Wait, I thought we were at 80. We're not? No, we're still at 79%. But I think that the um, the first dose is up to 82%. So that oh, one keeps yeah, increasing. So I feel like a lot of people are going in, getting the first dose, and now it's just a matter of time before that um, second dose will catch up to 80. Okay. So I think they're, I think they're getting there. There's 56,339 individuals that have mm. completed two doses. 18% um, of the population has received their booster shot. So big news, sorry, big news trending yesterday was that um, Pfizer 
has basically said when it comes to um, Omicron, the booster shot really seems to be the important aspect of this. So it doesn't look like you're going to get a whole lot of protection from just being fully vaccinated without the booster. But, um, you know, what they've, the observations that they've been able to make so far, um, there is hope, uh, it looks like, that that booster shot actually helps to, to work against, because um, basically the Omicron variant is neutralizing the antibodies, <clears throat> um, you know, that after two shots, so. All right, well, look, yeah. so, yeah, get out there, get your booster. Um, yeah. I think it's, like, open to now, what, even at three months, so. Within three months, they're advising. Um, going back to yesterday, we were talking about how Omicron or Omicron is being uh, mispronounced. My friend messaged. Yes, I was watching a funny video about it. Okay, I'm gonna call out my friend right now because I'm sure she's probably listening. She messaged me, sent me a voice note, said that she'd been calling it Omnicorn the whole time. <laughs> well, there was a, um, not her first language, but that one was a good one. She would just said it casually, like, "Oh yeah, the Omnicorn." <laughs> I'm dying. Yeah, there was a um, a linguistic expert on one of the um, feeds that I was watching yesterday, and he explained why it's pronounced. I pretty much think he agrees with this, that it's Omicron. So mm -hmm. that was um, very, very interesting. Omicron. Um, and he gave an actual reason why that kind of made sense. Okay. I mean, they could have chosen an easier uh, Greek letter, Greek alphabet. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, they were at Lambda. Yeah, I guess um, you're right. So I guess the next one that's kind of like a full word. Yeah, I just really did not realize that 2021 would be the year I'd learn the Greek alphabet fully, other than like the typical sorority fraternity ones and mm -hmm. hurricanes. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so uh, any other? So um, we have in... Um, Court news. Well, first of all, the police have asked the public, and I'll put this out there. I don't actually, in this instance, even know what exactly the police are talking about, but apparently there's been some sort of video that has been sh going around uh, being shared quite a bit, and the police have had to step in and um, ask people to stop it. They said it's a disturbing video depicting sexual abuse. Um, I ironically have not seen it, and I know a lot of people who are like, what is this about? And I'm like, thank God. <laughs> in this instance, I can say I have no clue. But the police have put out a call for people to stop sharing it. They're reminding the public that the circulation of illicit video content um, is not only disturbing and potentially putting victims in danger, but it's also criminal activity that comes with a potential 25-year imprisonment for transmission and 15 years for possession. Also, what kind of horrible person are you to share that kind of stuff? Yeah. I mean, it ha it happens. I've, I've seen stuff in the past that I've gotten. I'm like, what the heck? Um, because people are just, they're curious, and then they think that other people are curious, so they just keep passing it along. But yeah, I think it needs to, no. as the police have suggested, just stop. If you do get it, just delete it and probably ask that person who sent it to you, don't send you anything of that. I think a lot um, of like because, common, de yeah, common decency has like some, yeah. it's been blurred with uh, social media these days and people need to realize that there is certain things that just is disgusting to do. I mean, yeah. it's like a crime scene, like someone passed away, unfortunately, I, you know, sharing footage of that, stuff like that just yeah. sickens me. Yeah. So, um, 
along those lines, uh, the jury might get a uh, case today, okay. which is going to be very, very interesting. So this is Freddie Diaz, who's been accused of possession and um, accessing child porn. Yeah. Uh, he's the former. Um, he claims that he wasn't teaching, but I mean, he was on the teaching schedule, so it's a bit strange, but um, he did marketing and UCCI's TV, whatever, for them. So he took the stand over the last couple of days. I was there to observe. We won't get into too many details until after please the don't. jury has made a decision, but it was a <laughs> very... On this show, please don't. <laughs> yeah, it was a very interesting trial. Um, okay. So today uh, we expect all the closing arguments to conclude. The jury will get it. And then um, we will certainly keep you guys abreast of the, the details of the verdict. Yeah. And uh, the Department of Environmental Health is also urging people to properly dispose of their batteries after they've had another landfill fire that now they've discovered is because of battery disposal. We've had this before. Mm -hmm. And um, I feel like probably most people don't know what proper disposal batteries are. So, um, you know, they're reminding us that batteries can be dangerous, they can harm people, cause fires, and they're actually really bad for the environment. And so um, they have made that you can drop them off everywhere. So I give them to, to junk and they take it. Um, but I, I save them like I get them all and then they're in this big container and then they go there and then they but you can go like into certain supermarkets they've had them or other places you can go and just drop all your batteries. But if you just collect them all and then dispose of them that way instead of throwing them in your uh -huh. garbage. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it, it depends on the type of battery. Well, and also like auto batteries you want to take to like uh, to proper disposal places. I think yeah. where where would a proper disposal place for auto batteries be? Like a well, they actually said that any um, lead acid batteries, such as automobile, boats, motorcycles, and outdoor yeah. power equipment, um, should be taken to the landfill, garages, or any other retailer that sells them. Okay. Cool. And then it's it's the other batteries like cell phones, cameras, radios, calculators, like all that stuff that should be recycled by placing them in the blue battery recycling collection tubes, which are located all supermarkets and other locations around the island. Awesome. That's good. That's yeah, that's that is sometimes people don't understand that that. I mean, there's yeah. a reason why they don't allow like certain batteries on airplanes and stuff, you yeah. know. So just think about that next time that you're like another dawn fire, maybe it's your, your battery. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, all right. Well, uh, okay. I'll let you continue your show. And tomorrow, Friday, very excited that we're at the. Uh, I mean, we're basically to Christmas. It's wild. Yeah, it's hard to believe. Like I've got people who still are not their minds haven't been put to what they're doing for Christmas. Um, I mean, we don't have everything finalized <clears throat> yet. On, about Christmas Day, we're going to do a dinner like we normally do. Yeah. Everybody has a lateral flow test. Everybody's going to be vaccinated. Like we will have a criteria list, I think, for letting people through the front door, <laughs> which wow. we've been doing with service workers even now. Like, are you vaccinated? And oh, yeah, right. then you can come in. Still keep your distance, still wear your mask and all the other good stuff. Um, but at least, you know, I think people should at least have some of the Christmas shopping done by now. And there's some people who I know are a little bit behind. So we'll, we'll help him out. Me. You're, you're behind Aaron. I mean, I have it, but you know, it's never, I, I've got my mom and her husband coming for the first time and for the first time we're spending Christmas together and I don't know how long and I haven't seen them in almost two years. So uh, it's kind of like, okay, I got to find them some stuff. I've got to get the kids, their stuff sorted and 
but it's you know, a lot. It, yeah, yeah, the, the holidays can be really stressful. Yeah, and I think that the most important takeaway is just to spend time, as you said, with family and loved ones, the friends that you really like. Yeah, <laughs> and um, you know, probably don't stress as much about it. It's uh, it's always that. yeah, it's always not as stressful after you're like, wait a minute, I think I overreacted, but it's but every right. year it's a cycle that it's the same thing. So. Yes. Yeah, I I think people put a lot into the holidays and maybe you just relax a little bit. Yeah. Get some catered mm -hmm. food and eat. And Oh, yeah. The food I've already got like covered. I'm, I already know exactly what I want to eat. So that's sorted. But yeah, I think it's just more about just the final little pieces that need to come yeah. together. But yeah, anyway, well, um, you guys enjoy the rest of your day and we'll see you back here tomorrow morning. All right. Have a good one. Bye. I should have asked her when's Blake come back. Looks like he's taking a proper vacation. Good morning, Siobhan. <clears throat> good morning, Bob. Good, so good to see you. Chantal has got it locked. Diamond Princess Sapphire is here. Marshall and Sonia, good morning. Miss Judy is here. How are you? Ervalyn, Larry. Uh, he's always got a... Um, Larry, right now it's Christmas music only. So unless uh, Leonard Skinner did a Christmas song, they will not be played at the moment. So over on 106.1, it is Christmas 24-7. Did they do a Christmas song? I don't kind of think so, but I don't know. Maybe there's some hard rock Christmas songs out there. Wee wee, buenos dias. So Carol says, looks like Omicron might be weak. No deaths, et cetera. Viruses get weaker and more contagious. We're panicking over nothing. Wow. I don't think anybody's panicking, <clears throat> but I think time will tell. Um, that's not a necessarily true statement because if that was true, then Delta wouldn't have been an issue. <laughs> and Delta has definitely been more deadly <clears throat> than the Alpha variant and others. So it's not necessarily true that over time they get weaker, especially if they've mutated as much as the um, Omicron variant has. So uh, Mitzi says people are not telling, oh, telling that they have COVID. I know about eight people that did not report. Listen, if they're not reporting it, you can't blame the officials for that. <clears throat> what are you going to do? I'm assuming there's a lot of full people. And that's why it will continue to spread, I feel like, through the community. Because people are, not only are they not telling and reporting it, they're also not staying home. That's the reason why they're not reporting it is because they want to be out and about. And that's why other people, you have to take a defensive um, model. I feel like when you're around people that you don't know their status and you assume that that's most people, um, you treat them as though they are contagious, as though they do have COVID. And that means that essentially you will be very careful with those individuals mask up, sanitize, and so on. Um, good morning. Alice is going into surgery. Is that this morning? We will definitely keep you in our prayers and positivity that you will have a successful surgery. It's definitely um, very, very challenging to go through what Alice has been going through. Um, this morning I see coming up in my news feed, 
a little video of Coco and Gigi. Oh, Facebook has a way of bringing back a lot of memories for you folks. Um, I'm going to show you guys this one because this is so cute. This was three years ago. Oh my gosh. So Gigi would have been, she's five now. So what year are we in, 2021? Yeah, she would have been two already. This is such a cute video. Uh, the two of them are best friends from day one, let me tell you. You know, I really wish that they had more time together because I feel like that would have been a bond that she, I think she'll always remember Coco, but you know, um, because she was so young, it's going to be a little bit different. Good morning, Virtus Pinook. Olivia's here. Miss Charlene. Miss Charlene says, unfortunately, some folks have no clue what common decency and morals mean. Miss mm. Ravina, 32 degrees in New York. Good morning, Mr. Blair. Thank you, Miss Paulette. Look at this video of Coco and Gigi. Hello. You love Coco? Yeah. Aww. Coco loves you too. Coco is such a sweet doggy. Yeah. I love Coco. Coco. Do you love me? Coco loves me. Coco? Gentle. Gentle. Yes, be gentle with Coco. Nice. I love Coco. Aw, you're so sweet. BFFs, let me tell you. She really did love Coco. I think we all did. Um, you know what's so interesting about her is the first like real word she said like other than, you know, the dadas and mama and whatever, was actually the, the name Coco. And she said it. I wasn't here. I was actually in the brack working. But my husband called me and he videotaped her. But he said literally she was like on the bed and she stood up and she pointed at her. So she fully understood exactly what she was doing and talking about. And she's like, Coco. And she said it crystal clear um, well before her first birthday. And we we're like, whoa it was a bit surprising and she it was just a clear pronunciation and i thought oh i'm probably yelling at coco so much that that name is going to be ingrained in her brain coco um but you can see in that video the two of them were having a moment mind you coco is just there licking her paw coco's always licking something um or another as dogs will do and um you know, I was always really, really pleased that Coco, we were able to integrate. Because I know sometimes people have babies and then the dogs get like super jealous and they can't trust the dogs around the babies and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you always have to watch your dogs extremely carefully, especially around young children, because they don't know how to be gentle all the time. And sometimes they grab them and whatever. But I always felt like um, Coco just understood 
that, you know, this was a little person that she was there to protect and just love. And she never, there was never any issues of concern. You know, uh, Coco just had the sweetest personality. She was not like aggressive or anything towards the baby. And um, as a result, Gianna really loved her. I mean, sometimes the two of them would like steal each other's toys. I remember at first Coco didn't quite understand, um, you know, she didn't quite get like which toys were hers and which were for Gigi, but Coco is actually pretty smart. So after a little while, she got it. Cause we're like, nope, not this toy. This is not for you. And we always made sure she's the only dog that I've had that I can say was literally obsessed with toys. Like it was an obsession. She loved her toys. Like she would get crazy about toys. Like literally she would take a, um, like if you gave her, first of all, if you went to the groomers with her, you always had to buy her a new toy. Cause she would go in the store and she'd see them, you know, they're like in the little bins or whatever. And I think they do this on purpose. They put them like low down so that the dogs can grab them. And she would go in there and pull one out, even if it like had to squeeze between the little uh, slats in the metal bins, she would grab a toy. And sometimes she was like a kid. Sometimes you'd be like, nope, that toy is too big. It's too expensive. That's not the right one for you. And so you had to help her pick something out that was more appropriate. But she never wanted to leave the pet store, um, especially after grooming, because then she felt good and fresh and she was always grabbing a toy. Um, but she just loved toys. And then she would chew it to bits and pieces and rip out the um, the little squeaky thing. Like she loved taking that out and then ripping out all the stuffing. And so sometimes you had to time it just right because if it was like, okay, I'm just about to clean tomorrow, then go have a go at it. You know, you can have the stuff all over. Um, otherwise you're just making more work for yourself. But she used to rip them apart. And then the best part is even after she tore out all the stuffing, she would still, um, she would still play, she'd still play with it. Like it wasn't like, oh, just because the stuffing's gone, I can no longer play with it. She would definitely um, still play with it. So she was, she was super funny. Um, so yeah, she's, um, she really loved her toys. So we always made sure that she had <clears throat> more than enough toys. Mm-hmm. There was one toy that um, I'm trying to see if I can find it here that she did she did rip apart. Oh yeah, here it is. This was actually in yesterday's memory. I saw it briefly come up that Coco had to go at that wasn't hers, but she didn't understand at that point. This was back in 2016, so shortly after Gianna was born in August of 2016, Coco was still trying to figure things out. And so look at this, she took her little, um, she took this, um, it was like a little, I don't know who gave Gigi this, but it was a little um, rabbit and Coco had to go at it. See how she started pulling out the stuff in? And shall we got, we got to in time and grabbed it and said, no, Coco, that one's not for you. And then she's like, oh, okay. <laughs> So she really uh, used to have some a field day with her toys. Oh my God, I'm gonna show you one of her here. This is probably grooming day as well. 
And sometimes the toys were like literally bigger than her, but she still had to go at it. She'd drag them around and here's one. She'd sleep with them. That was a little dinosaur. So she was there chewing on his tail. So eventually he would have had no stuffing left in him. Um, and that was just a treat for her. This is March of 2016. So this is before we even had the baby. But yeah, she really, um, I'll show you one with a lot of her toys. She really used to enjoy her toys. And then sometimes there were certain toys that we couldn't give her because she got really obsessed about it. So you know the rawhide bones, like the hard bones, they kind of twisted on the end. We had to stop giving her those because they became a liability. So here she is with all of her toys. Like she had a little toy basket and she'd pull them out and put them all over the place. So here she is with a bunch of those. Um, but yeah, we couldn't do the rawhide ones because she'd get so crazy. Like what she would do is she would take them and try to hide them from herself. Well, she was trying to hide them from other people, but also hide them from herself. So sometimes she would like stick them in the sofa, under the sofa, like she was doing the most trying to hide them. And then she would hide it. And then right away, she's like, no, 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 no. I want it back. and I want to take it somewhere else. It was kind of like a little OCD moment. So she would start like digging. So you'd have a problem with her trying to dig in the sofa to get it back. And we're like, listen, Coco, you're going a little bit too far with the toy obsession. So after a while, I realized that I don't know what it was about that particular um, type of toy, but they really drove her crazy. And then she would hide them under the sofa and then she couldn't reach them. And she'd be like there doing this little thing with her paw where she was like, uh, how do I get it back? Um, and that was not good for the sofa, trust me. So we had to, after a while we realized that, yeah, it's that specific type of toy that makes her a little bit extra crazy. Here's another one. This was her little monkey that lost all of its stuffing. And, you know, she'd throw it around and fling it and chase it. And uh, one day, one day, Coco, that's my little girl. It's been over a year already that Coco unfortunately passed away. Um... Lots of good memories with her. She's a really, really good dog, I must tell you. Um, I feel like every dog you have, you're like, oh, that's the best dog ever. But I really think that she was my best dog ever. Um, you know, I've had other dogs that were like special and unique in their own way. But I just feel like, I don't know, Coco was really, really special. Um, so many good memories with her as well. So here's one with a reindeer toy, it looks like. Um, this one is cute. So there she is with a little rein, reindeer toy. <laughs> she always had lots of fun with her toys. All right, folks, so how is everyone doing today? Um, good morning, Catherine. Uh, and Nebuli, good morning. So nice to see you guys. So, you know, it's always interesting when I go places, I run into people and they're like, I watch your show. And I'm like, oh, thank you. I never know how to, like, it's it's such an odd um, situation. People are like, oh my gosh, can I get a selfie? And I'm like, okay. So um, I ran into a lady, was it yesterday or the day before? I feel like it was yesterday. And I was coming out of 
Was it the coffee shop or court? I feel like I've been in court like all week. I've really been watching this case, which like I said, I don't want us to get into any details yet, but we will get there after the jury has um, put in their verdict because there's some interesting things about it. But uh, yeah, you know, people are like, even coming out of court, I feel like all the people who are in there for a reason, sometimes they're happy to see me that they haven't made the news yet because we haven't covered their case. And they're like, hi, Miss Sandy. They give me a big shout out as we're crossing paths in court. So thank you, Louie. Emerald. I don't know. You keep saying the same thing, but I don't know what that means. Um, so in terms of court, you know, they're starting to wind down now for the holidays because I feel like next week is probably when they're going to break uh, going into the week after. So they don't tend to have too many cases on for the week of Christmas, simply because, um, you know, people are going to want to be getting ready for the Christmas holidays. And they will um, want to take their time with certain things. So uh, let me see here. Um, there's a few cases that we are monitoring. The Adams family are due back in court. I'm trying to remember where that when that is. Um, so as you remember, they had an issue with their, and it continues to be an issue until government actually completes the road. But they've had an issue with their neighbor, um, you know, and it's been a bit of a back and forth. And so the judge at this case was common assault. Basically, I think one of the sons like flipped his hat and um, I think it, he may have gotten pushed in one instance or something. But anyway, um, Mendoza has, he's hes really quite a character, I must say. And he knows how to push people's buttons and he's certainly done that. And then he records people so he can tell the police that, oh, he's got evidence of an assault. And not only does he record people, but you can see them antagonizing people and a lot of their recordings and stuff as well. So he is really, really something else. I mean, he's literally the neighbor from hell. You know that show? Um, what's it called on Discovery Channel? About hate thy neighbor or something like that? That's that's him. He's the neighbor that you could honestly very, very easily hate. Him and the wife, quite frankly. Because the wife is very passive aggressive and supporting his behavior as well. And you know what's interesting is when they found out that the road was going to go in and the government was taking control of the situation, all of a sudden he jumped up and wanted to have a conversation. After years of terrorizing the Adam family, um, they then wanted to have a conversation. And it was like, dude, are you serious? But oh yeah, he wanted to have a conversation then. Well, we can work this out. Don't let the government put the road in because once government takes control of it, he recognizes that you know, there's very little that he can do. It's going to be a public road. And not only will the Adams family be able to try traverse it along with their guests, but anybody can traverse a public road. It's no longer private property. So he was hell bent on keeping that access point, that right of way as private as he could. And that's why he'd been harassing them for all these years, because he basically wanted to undo what had been a 45 year easement, public access right of way. And um, it was actually initially um, un un 
prescribed, I think is the correct term. But then the Adams family went as far as going to lands and surveying and having it put in properly, where it is a prescriptive right. And this dude still was fighting it. As you guys remember, they tried to sue government. They lost that case. Um, so now we're waiting on the NRA to, you know, get, get it together and to go put the road in. So another publication ran a story about how um, supposedly they had kissed and make up. And I don't know where that publication got that story from. Maybe they shook hands, you know, outside the court, but this is no kissing and making up situation. This, this doesn't undo anything that this neighbor from hell has been doing. And I think a lot more was read into that handshake than what meets the eye. The public road is coming, folks. Government won the case. I don't know what how long it will take the NRA to get back in there and do what they need to do. They met with so much protest last time, um, you know, trying to access the road. Did my mouse just die on me? I think it did. And so we're all anxiously waiting to see when it will be turned into... Um, sorry, guys. Into a proper access point, proper road, because they're going to put in CUC, um, all sorts of infrastructure is one of the benefits of turning it into a private road. So that's good. Hmm. All sort of charging cables. So they're back in court on the 13th. Um, the judge had a lot to review because of course she has to balance the uh, victim impact statements which of course, you know, these people are going all out how they've been traumatized, but they're not telling the other side of the story um, where they have provoked this family to a large extent. They even had their children throwing rocks and stuff at the home of the Adams family. I gotta tell you, and other days gone by, somebody would have grabbed those little kids by the ears and probably gotten a camera and switch and put that across their backside. But you know, this is 2021, folks. You can't be grabbing people's children and doing those things now because then you'll end up in court for assault. But they're, they're raising their children to think that the rules don't apply to them and they're quite rude um, from what I've, from the little observations that I've made. So that's coming up on the 13th. So that's next week. So we will keep an eye on that and we'll certainly be reporting to you all um, in terms of what happens there. So... Um, I know you guys like to keep a little bit of an eye on the court list. So this past week, another thing that went down is that two of the murders or manslaughter slash murders that happened at um, the Strand. And there was two. One was Christmas Eve of last year. And then there was one in August. I think they were both stabbings. Uh, those young men and very young men were both in court and um, they are going to be facing um, their verdicts. So they, uh, I think both of them have been in custody because, yeah, they were in custody when they appeared uh, before the judge via video link. So both of them will know in short order what their sentence will be. Very different cases in terms of what happened. So um, the, the judge in both instances is Justice Chappelle. And um, 
he will be deciding their fate. In one case, I think the guy has a very good chance of getting a 30-year sentence, which is the new life. You know, his case is very, very different. One of the mothers um, showed up. Um, in one case, they were saying that they, you know, the young man had younger siblings, younger sisters, and so on. And they were still having such a hard time coping with and accepting his death, basically. Um, so Andrea says, that's why this generation is so messed up. We all grew up with a little spanking. It never killed us. I don't think that you need to spank your children for them to grow up with discipline and respect. I think you need to discipline your children. And discipline comes in all forms. Like, I don't think um, being violent and aggressive towards your children is the way that you teach them to have self-control <laughs> themselves. But um, I do think that there is a disconnect between the disciplining rules and regulations that have to occur. And that doesn't occur a lot of times, even with the spanking, like you beat your children and then, you know, they're still running wild and you don't, you don't get them to think about, okay, I need you to make this good decision in life because it's the right thing to do. And here's why, like, you know, this is how you should allow your behavior um, to, you know, your, your mindset to dictate what your behavior is going to be. And so we don't teach our children to have things like self-control and, you know, having a good moral compass. And, you know, we have to, we have to make them fearful to have a good moral compass. And I think what that ends up doing is if they don't think anybody's watching, nobody's around, they're like, mm, okay, I'm going to do it. Mommy's not here. Nobody's here to beat me. I'm going to do it and not even uh, think twice about it. And then we put the fear of God in them. We tell them, oh, well, there's always a man upstairs watching you. Obviously, that doesn't work out too well for such a Christian society either. So let's have a look at um, some of the court news. What's popping off in court these days? Good morning, Ms. Dorothy. Uh, this one seems to largely be traffic offenses. So this is Magistrate Jones. I think Magistrate Jones does a lot of traffic stuff. So we have, um, when you look at this list, folks, you appreciate how many people out there, you know, we're also like, oh, there's so many accidents in the roadway. Uh -huh. Well, when you look at the court list, you really understand why that's the case. Driving under the influence, Judy Ann Davis, I don't know who she is. Driving without insurance, red, expired registration. Now, sometimes inadvertently, your registration can get, you know, that can expire. Um, but these are the things you got to try to keep on top of. Here's another DUI. Expired license, careless driving, speeding. Uh, this Dwayne Ebanks, he didn't even want to give a specimen. Hmm. Julian Eddington. DUI, no insurance, expired registration, careless driving. Some of them will have a real look at look at Churchill. Who's Churchill? Washington W. Hay. What a name. Oh, he's been up to all kind of naughtiness. Driving without insurance, using a vehicle with expired registration, terminated registration. Oh, he was not. Oh, this dude is, is something else. Driving without being qualified. So he's already gotten in trouble, basically. 
and uh, kept driving. <laughs> and then the owner, of course, will never admit to give him the vehicle. So then that's what this one is, taking and driving a conveyance without the consent of the owner. Uh -uh. Ooh, Timari has been busy. Another one that was disqualified. Leaving the scene of an accident. Speeding. No insurance. Not, not qualified. And look at the... Um, if you look at the cause numbers, this is just a little court FYI for you. The cause numbers are different. That means that these are actually different cases entirely. So essentially, he has three different cases of driving while being disqualified. So they caught him three times. This dude is probably going to go to jail. You got to be careful because at some point, the courts say, you know what? You obviously have no respect for driving while disqualified if you're going to do it three more times. And they will throw you in jail for it. So Tamari, I don't know who you are, Madeira, but mm -mm. Uh, Marlon McLean is also in the mix. Edward Miller, Joseph Parchman Carter, uh, Jose Pena. Jose Pena. Is this the guy that used to operate the bar, the older guy? He's a Jose Pena too, but I don't know if that's his full, full name. Uh, we got Dave Robinson, Adams, Prosper. Look at all the drinking while under the influence, folks. So it really is no wonder that we have um, the number of accidents that we do. So they're going to sentence a few people for some stuff today. Catalina Hernandez, she's got a few things going on here. Again, driving while disqualified. Chad Hooker. Driving while disqualified, no insurance. Well, mm -mm -mm. Mark Anthony Blake, that name sounds a little bit familiar, is going to have a trial. And normally with these trials, they do them as part heard, so they don't have time to sit down and do like a full trial. So they'll do part of a trial, and then they'll come back and do the rest. So a uh, few people in court for that. That's traffic court. So let's look at some of the other courts. And they tend to have to split up the summary court list um, between multiple magistrates, right? So here's one as an example. This is going to be a traffic mention before Magistrate Allard. And it looks like that's all they're doing at 10 o'clock. So this person has a, a disqualification again, careless driving, no insurance, expired registration, vehicle not roadworthy. And uh, so they'll be him before Mag um, Magistrate Allard. Let's see who else we got in court today. Um, it's interesting to go through these, believe it or not. So we have a couple of judgments that have come down the pipeline. Financial services and there was a civil. Do you guys know that with... When you look at judgments as it relates to, um, hmm, this is an interesting one. Huh. I think we gotta look, we gotta look at this one. I think I will report on this one because have a look at this. This is interesting, but, um, you know, when you, what was I going to tell you guys just now? Mm. Oh yes. When a matter involves a child, 
right? So there's one here that's the adoption of M. Normally they do not name children even in the reports. So they'll use initials. And this one is a family adoption situation. Hmm, this looks interesting. Hmm, uh, let me show you guys this. So it's an 18-page judgment, but we're just looking at the head notes. So the head notes kind of tell you what it's about. So this one says family law, adoption, jurisdiction of the Grand Court over children habitually resident in the Cayman Islands. The Hague Convention, so I've noticed some people who wanted to adopt children, and um, if they are children, um, especially overseas adoption, you get into things like the Hague Conve Convention, which deals with inter-country adoption um, principles, and it says here, um, Hague Convention and inter-country adoption inapplicable, where a child not habitually resident in-country from which she has been or will be removed for the purposes of adoption. De facto adoption of a child by stepfather who's married to the biological father. So these are all of the like the legal issues that they had to consider sort of in this role of adoption board and de facto adoptions and so on. So that's interesting. So this looks like quite an interesting case. Um, Filipino national age 20, um, had a child in 20, 2003. Mother registered the child, father's name then, um, as now, is unknown. Huh. Interesting. I definitely want to read that one. That one sounds very, very interesting. So, um, in addition to that one, there's this case here, which equally looks interesting. And this is... Um, Andy Lane Bush Marsh against Don Edward Marsh. There are obviously some kind of relatives. And this one is a registered land law case. Hmm. So Steve Nightfield was the attorney in this one. And then Delroy Murray. So two um, Stalworth Caymanians going head to head. Now listen to this. Voluntary transfer of land, application to set aside on grounds of due rest or undue influence. Ah, interesting. I'm definitely going to read this with a keen eye because this happens all the time. And I've had families come to me and, oh, you know, our elderly father transferred the land to one member, one child out of eight children, and we think it was duress. Well, uh, it could be, but there are things that obviously a court is going to look at to see if a situation is, you know, duress or not. And it's one of those things that is so tricky because a lot of people will be like a lot of older people. They think that they should add someone to the land papers in case they get sick or something happens to them. And then they live to be 100. And they've got 20 years worth of having a child on there. And, you know, once you add them on, you've got a problem because they are joint owners with you in a way that they can't be severed. Um, so they can pretty much do anything with your property that they want. They can kick you out even, really. Uh, they can rent parts of the property. They can, you know, you've got to be so careful. The power that when you add people onto land papers that you're allowing them to have. And so it often comes up 
there is a question of whether or not someone willingly did this, like they fully understood all the implications of what they were doing. And this is now where JPs and notaries need to be very, very careful. When somebody brings an old person to you, talking about, oh yeah, this is my daddy and I wanna be on his land, you separate the parties and you talk to the daddy alone. And you try to ascertain if he's in his right mind, he or she, daddy or mommy, and um, whether or not they really understand the legal implications of what it is that they're trying to do. I couldn't tell you the number of cases. There's one right now in West Bay that I'm aware of with an older gentleman who is like 97 years old. And the family alleges that, you know, the one son got on there by fooling the father. Not good. So there's drug court today as well. So as you guys know, there's uh, multiple specialty courts. I'm kind of educating you guys about some stuff that happens at court. So there, there's family court, there's drug court, there is mental health court, financial services. So the good thing about these is that one of the reasons why they have them is it allows for these people um, to have a certain degree of continuity. So Chief Magistrate Foldats, he always does drug court. So he's got Jeffrey Brown, Kyle Douglas, and all these people in front of him. Most of these offenses are ganja related. Some are cocaine, though. Some are more serious. Some are like DUI, Joseph Wood, uh, careless driving, driving under the influence. So they deal with the offenses, but they also deal with the addiction. So they will have people be put in various um, programs. And so when they go to drug court, you see here where it says like phase two, phase three, phase four. So there are different phases of drug court. And then what they do is the judge will get a report. You know, some of them are actually in a facility and they have to um, adhere to all the rules of the facility. Caribbean Haven. And if they're not adhering to the rules and they're breaking the rules, whatever, the representative from that facility shows up and they're like, hey, this person continues to be um, an issue. They're not compliant. They're not doing therapy. They're not doing all these things. And the judge is going to go, no bueno, right? We put you in drug court to try to get you clean give you some of the skills that you need to let go of the addiction, therapy and so on. But if you can't do your part, you're not going to get the benefit of any consideration because you're in a drug court program. So some of some of us have family members, you know, who are in drug court and they're struggling with addictions. Um, so it's important to know how the process works. Uh, Magistrate Fuldats at two o'clock, he's having a busy day today is going to then deal with a bunch of other mentions. So here's Jeffrey Brown, a bunch of cocaine, ganja, driving without insurance, uh, utensils, uh, some Robert Calderon uh, assault, failing to surrender to, for custody for Leroy Mills, trading as L and K. Hmm. Failure to pay wages. Well, you know you can't have people working for you without paying them wages. 
But Leroy seems to be in court for a bunch of other stuff. Receiving money as contribution towards a work permit. Now, y'all know that's an offense, right? You can't have people pay for their work permit. Unlawful payment for work permit. Making a false representation. Employment of another without a work permit. Oh, Leroy, you're in trouble. So he's got a bunch of issues there. Uh, very, very interesting when the immigration offenses show up in court. I don't ever feel like they give them the weight of what they should in terms of like a sentence and stuff. Magistrate Hernandez has a couple of things going on this morning. Uh, ganja possession, uh, provocation of violence and so on. Insulting the modesty of a woman. Mm -mm. By the way, this morning I do have to end the show a little bit early um, because we are headed to the job fair. You guys remember? Today's the day, folks. Get out there. Are you interested in a rewarding and exciting career in tourism? Are you a Caymanian, a permanent resident with rights to work? Then you don't want to miss this upcoming tourism job fair on Thursday, December the 9th from 1 to 4 p.m. This amazing event will be a chance for you to speak with industry experts who have some 200 real-world jobs available at leading hotels and restaurants around the island. Show up with your resume in hand, best foot forward, and a warm, Cayman kind smile while dressed to impress. Pre-registration is highly recommended at jobfair.ourcayman.ky. The Tourism Job Fair is a collaborative project between Works, CITA, and the Ministry of Tourism and Transport. Ho, ho, ho. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. Don't make it a blue Christmas by delaying on ordering your propane for that Cayman beef and turkey. Be like the three wise men who rode through the night and prepare for the 12 days of Christmas. Hark! Propane makes all the herald angels sing. Feliz Navidad! Contact Home Gas early for your Christmas propane order at 949-7474. Christmas time is about family, caroling, church services, and dirty dishes, cleaning floors, and power washing your house. Don't let the ghost of Christmas chores make you a Scrooge. Call Reliable Industries today for all of your house cleaning needs. Our professional services are perfect for Christmas time to let you forget the hassle of housework and focus on the important things, spending quality time with your family. Reliable Industries offers an array of gold standard residential home services, including professional house cleaning, window washing, pressure washing, HEPA filter cleaning, professional kitchen hood cleaning services, and more. A happy home is a healthy home, and there's no time like the holiday season to make your home the happiest. Don't forget that Reliable offers gift certificates and gift baskets for your loved ones. Call Reliable Industries today at 949-9303 to speak to a customer service rep to book your services. Reliable, serving the community for over 30 years with quality and pride. All right, folks. So, yes, I'm going to be heading out to the job fair this morning, which means that I need to leave a little bit early. And um, so I want you guys to follow me along on that journey. So, yes, thank you so much, Miss Andrea and others uh, for your comments about kids. You know, I think that we need an entire makeover in terms of how we um, deal with our children, because like I said, every day that I look at this court list, 
I know that whatever we have been doing <laughs> hasn't really been working particularly well. Um, here's another one at Magistrate Gunn. She's got a full list of stuff going on today as well. Um, it's just crazy. Like you look at this list and you think, how can we say that we have done a stellar job of raising our children? And I'm telling you, all these kids got beaten as kids. No one can tell me that they didn't. So here, here's another one. Um, this is another long list from Magistrate Gunn. So I don't know who Dorlin Ebanks is. And these are Caymanians, you know. Some of us want to believe that other people committing the crimes in this country. And I tell you what, the vast majority of people in court are Caymanians. James Moore, another Caymanian name. Oliver Samuels, probably some kind of Caymanian. Seymour's. Tatum's, Joseph Wade Wood III, Lord, um, Hazel Zelea, that's not necessarily a Caymanian name, but probably somebody married to one, because you know you can't always go by the name anymore, but more Ebanks's, Watler's, Ooh, who on earth is Jamar Shakur Watler? Child, he's in all kind of stuff here, Ganja, Coquin. Um, Alprazolam, looks like he's into supplying drugs to people, intent to supply. What is this, um, Fislosin? Is that how that's pronounced? I don't even know what drug that is. But he's got a bunch of possession and then intent to supply what looks like um, both, you know, I guess non-prescription drugs like cocaine and ganja, but also some other things that are probably prescription grade stuff. Attempting to mislead a police officer. Possession of cocaine with intent to supply. Lord, dude, what? Heroin? Oh, he, he oh, oh, he's into a little bit of everything. Uh, so he's got a number of different cases here. Possession of criminal property, heroin, ganja, cocaine. Wow, we. Mm, mm, mm. Hot mess on that one. That one was a little bit extra hot mess. Um, someone just said that that, how, how do you pronounce it? Phil, whatever. Uh, silo, silo sin, maybe. That's mushrooms. That's the magic mushrooms. Okay. Y'all can tell I'm not doing the drugs these days or ever. <laughs> My prescription painkiller. Um... Magic mushrooms. Hmm. I hope people weren't mixing all that stuff together. The mushrooms, the the magic mushrooms with the cocaine might really give you a little extra situation on your hands. Um, so, of course, on the grand court list is completely separate and apart from all of this other stuff. So, um, the trial of Freddie. Freddie... Manuel Diaz continues. I got we all have a little chuckle in court because his um his lawyer mispronounces his name. He doesn't say Diaz, he says um Diaz or something something else. It's like no. Um so big shout out to Miss Cayman World um, winner, Miss um, Roshana Hines. 
Apparently she's won her group in the head to head challenge and she's sending out her gratitude and thanks to everyone who would have assisted in that. So uh, she was in group four and, um, and she won. So she's saying thank you to everyone who voted for her. And she would like to um, encourage you to continue voting. So they have an online option where you can vote. And I think there's an app as well. And yeah, some one of those persons that gets voted, like I guess in the most popular category, actually gets put into um, the finals. So that's one way to get in. So yes, uh, big thank you for that. All right, wonderful. So Miss Universe is also overseas. That pageant is, is it this weekend? Yeah, it's on Sunday. So the Miss Cayman Universe pageant is on Sunday. Uh, folks, um, Fox has the, the um, distribution rights. So we can't really live stream it without infringing on that. But um, we'll tell you guys how it goes. So Ms. Donna says a lot of children um, want the easy, quick cash instead of working. Well, you know, again, I think a lot of that comes from parents who give them the wrong message by just giving them everything in life on a silver platter. I mean, you know the sacrifices you make every day? You get up and you go to work and you work hard. And why would you ever want your kids to think that anything in life comes easy? Like, I've never understood this. And this happens with people who have money and with people who don't have money. You know, the people who have money, their kids get everything. Oh, private jet service. They go to the best private schools, tennis lessons, swimming lessons. And the kids have no appreciation of how all of that happens. You know, um, that's when you need to be forcing your kids to have summer jobs and doing all the things in between to let them know money has value. Oh, mommy, can I have you know, $100. Oh, okay. Sure you can. You're going to work for it. $100 just doesn't drop out of the sky. Right? So I think it's important to teach your children the value of money and the value of a hard day's work and how you actually earn that money. But, you know, we all... I, I, Part of it I understand because you may have grew up in a poor home and lots of struggles and you know the stresses of that. So on the one hand, you're probably thinking to yourself, I don't want my kids to have to worry about anything stressful. Like I want them to be kids. I want them to have a childhood. But that has to be balanced with, yeah, that's fine. You know, I get it. You don't want them stressed out wondering, oh my God, are we going to get evicted from our house because we can't pay the bills? We're not talking about that level of stress and placing that on children. So no, children ha shouldn't have to worry about where their next meal is coming from. But at the same time, there is something to be said for responsibilities and you know, just really teaching your children what it means to have to work for something in life because it just doesn't come for free, you know? So that's the balance in my mind, I think that needs to be struck. 
How well do we do it? Well, I think I think we all as parents um, know that there is, you know, a certain amount of struggle that comes with that. But the opposite is is equally as dangerous. Um, when we just throw caution to the wind and we're like, oh, well, you know, let them have whatever they want. It's like, no, we can't let them have whatever they want because that leads to other issues. So it's, it's, it's tough. No one ever said that parenting was easy for sure. Um, but I think you gotta, you gotta teach them balance and it kind of starts very, very early, right? Even, even my five-year-old, um, seems to have a sense of, um, you know, she just wants things. She just sees things up here. This is like the, I, I call it the Santa effect. It's like, oh, you get it, get a present. It's not even Christmas, but you get something. Um, and then you think, oh, well, that's just how it happens. Like things just show up for me. And it's like, no, I have conversations with her all the time. I'm like, mm, things don't just show up. <laughs> right? You don't, uh, like, I don't just go into the bookstore and be like, oh, I'm going to just grab this item and I can walk out the store. I have to pay for it. And money comes from somewhere. And so I don't think she has a true understanding of money yet, but I have had a conversation with her about where money comes from. And I said, it. It doesn't grow on a tree. It doesn't just fall in the sky. It's not magic. Someone has got to work for that money. And so sometimes she sees me here doing stuff and she doesn't understand that I'm actually working. I've got to have a client meeting. I've got to do this. This is how mommy makes her money. I do things for my clients. You know, I've got to get on a call and I have to discuss business and we have to make decisions. I got to get out there and, you know, someday she's like, oh, I don't want to go to school. Just, I want to stay home with you. And I said, oh, we can do that this weekend. But, you know, in order for mommy to get money to buy food. And the, I told her this the other day and she was like, she was like, huh? Cause I said to her, she like wanted some toy. I think we went to the bookstore and I said, well, mommy only has so much money. So do you want to eat and we can have food or you want a toy? And of course, in her little five-year-old brain, she's like a toy. And you know, you're almost not expecting that answer, but you should. I'm like, um, no, because then what do you have for dinner? She's like, oh, I'm not hungry. I said, no, you're not hungry right now. But we got to think about dinner later on. And do you want dinner? Are you never going to eat again, ever? And then she's kind of like, never eat again. Because <laughs> she was only thinking... Oh, like a sandwich right now or this toy, give me the toy and then you'll feed me later. And I said, no, that wasn't the point that I was trying to make. The point is sometimes parents, I mean, thankfully we're not in that situation, but sometimes it does come down to, we can afford to buy you a toy or not um, because we need to eat. We need to pay rent. We need to pay CUC and all of these bills. And if you have a little bit of disposable income, it doesn't mean that your kids should think 
that you have the disposable income without giving consideration to all of the other things that you have to do with your money. And she's got a little piggy bank and I must say that she likes to save her money. Like you give her a dollar and she's going to run and put it in her piggy bank. And I said, you know, mommy and daddy has to try to save in their piggy bank too. But you know, our piggy bank is at the bank. Um, Miss Sue says the big, beautiful cars that they drive into private schools here is crazy too. Well, I would hope that if you can afford private schools, um, you know, you have other, all of your other bills are taken care of first. Um, and if you can afford a car, definitely, let's hope so. Although, let's be honest, people have mortgages and they have car payments. So you cannot look at someone and based on what they drive or where they live or what they live in, make any determination about their financial status. You just don't know. They could be in the negative in the bank account, but every month they make sure they find their coins to pay that bank loan and to pay that mortgage. And as long as they do that, the bank is like, you can stay there. You can drive that car as much as you want. But you start missing some payments and we got a problem. Um, Lizette says, uh, a toy or a plate of food? Child, she was all for the toy. She's like, I don't need no food. I was like, yes, you do. Speaking of food, I have noticed that her appetite has picked up. Like I picked her up yesterday for swimming lessons. So she goes to swimming lessons normally once a week. She's been out for a few weeks now because of COVID. And so um, she's back and she went back yesterday. And when I pick up, she's starving. Oh, mommy, I'm so hungry. Can you get me some food right, right now? And I'm like, mm. I wasn't anticipating you being this hungry, so we were going to go straight to swimming lessons like I didn't cushion enough time to make any other stops. So I said, all right, after swimming lessons, we can get you something. But you got to give it 100%. That was the deal. So you give it 100% at swimming, and then you get to eat, <laughs> which sounds kind of bad, right? I'm not trying to starve my child. Um, and she's like, okay. So she went, and she did pretty good, I must say, um, especially after being out for about three weeks. Um, I think it might've been four weeks. She was out for about a, almost a month. So, you know, she was kicking and, you know, putting her head under and all, all the little exercises that she does with the, um, with the swimming coach lady. And so then when she gets out, because she's so, she is really petite and she has no body fat, she gets cold very, very quickly in situations like a pool. So she comes out and her lips are like purple and she's shivering. She's like, oh, I'm so cold. And so I have to wrap her up um, immediately, you know, get her out of the wet clothes, into her dry clothes. And so she's like, did I give it a hundred percent? Like she's asking me. And I said, yes, I think you did. You gave it everything you had. Right. And she's like, yes. I'm like, well, that's a hundred percent. I can't ask for more of you than you can give. So that was a good job. Was that so she didn't need no food. Um, so then we went and treated her to her. Um, she likes to get um, quesadillas, the children's quesadillas with just cheese and beans from um, Pico. So we went and we treated her to that. So yeah, she had a she had a good day yesterday, but she ate the whole thing. Normally she eats like half of it. I noticed yesterday she ate it all. So I'm like, girl, you must have burnt some calories at swimming class. Um, but yeah, her appetite is starting to pick up now. It, it kind of, you know, some days it's pretty good and other days it's not that bad. Um... So, yeah, I'm keeping the conversation a little bit light this morning because 
honestly, I'm going to be skedaddling out of here shortly to go to the job fair. All right. So check this out. Somebody just sent me this joke. This is kind of funny. Um, what's his name? Um, oh gosh. What was that movie called again? Um, oh, something of the lambs or whatever. What was the movie called? So it says, if you eat someone that was vaccinated, do you still need a jab asking for a friend? Hannibal Lecter, I think was his name. Oh, this is funny. I must tell you, that is funny. Uh, so don't go around eating people because yes, you would still need the jab. But uh, funny. So um, some of my people love to love to send me stuff, Chell. Uh, so we have a little message from um, Hannibal Lecter. Yes, that's his name. Um, his real name is Anthony Hopkins. Where, where is he? What has he been up to? I don't know. Uh, so we've got a message from our deputy premier. Let me just cue this up. We can spend a few times listening to this. Um, so he says that there's a special here that says the deputy premier presents people-driven budget. So, you know, they have been in um, parliament and um, they have been putting forth the budget. And there's been, I noticed something in another media today, and I, I want to have um, the Department of Tourism head, Miss um, Rosa Harris on, because this was very interesting. The headline was DOT gets a $40 million budget over the next two years to try to drive tourism back, to rebuild tourism. And I want to, I want to keep that in perspective because I can't comment on that situation without knowing what their previous budgets were. And um, the truth of the matter is, I say this all the time, in the world of business, business 101, it doesn't matter if your business is government or private sector, in order for you to make money, you gotta be prepared to spend money. And you have to spend money on advertising your business. So those of you who are small business owners, you just set up shop and you think, oh, well, I don't need to do anything. People build it and they will come. Well, that's not how it works. You've got to spend money on a lot of different things. Sometimes staffing, infrastructure build out, um, computer systems, you know, all sorts of stuff. And marketing budgets can be a considerable amount of your spend. And so $40 million over two years, is that a lot? I don't know. What have we spent in the past? And given the fact that we've really taken a significant hit as it relates to tourism, I wouldn't be surprised if we have to do a lot now to recover. And you see, this is what people didn't get. Oh, keep the borders shut. The longer you keep the borders shut, the more people forget about you as a destination. And so not only are you spending money with stipends and all this other stuff, you're also um, spending money as it relates to actually keeping the Cayman Islands in the forefront forefront, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? In the forefront of the minds of travelers around the world. And you're trying to entice travelers to come even during a pandemic. That's what tourism needs. So I'm curious um, to hear more about this, but let's watch this video from Deputy Premier um, Chris Saunders. Uh, Diana says, Silence of the Lambs was in the movie. Yes, that's right. Thank you so much for that. Good morning, Miss Rita. 
So um, let's see what uh, the good minister had to say. People-driven budget. These documents combined are more than 3,500 pages. This is a lot of work and a lot of effort went into this. And I want to thank the many people that produced this and made this day possible. This budget delivers on many of the promises made during the campaign to invest in our people and their well-being. From free school lunches for our children to removing the duty on day-to-day -day essential items such as baby food, baby diapers, and sanitary products for women, as well, Mr. Speaker, as undergarments for some of our elderly, namely diapers also for elderly. The government intends to bring a consumer protection bill and if needs be, take the additional steps to ensure that many of these savings are passed on to consumers. Mr. Speaker, time and time again, we have seen so many items on which there's no customs due to being the most expensive on the shelves. Just recently, Mr. Speaker, we noticed that with the lateral flow test kits, where the government made the decision to make the kits duty-free and some of the prices that are being charged are borderline immoral. We also recently expanded the number of international markets where cement, which is vital to our construction industry, may be sourced at lower prices. And again, in many instances, the savings were not passed on to consumers. Again, Mr. Speaker, I want to put everyone on notice that the savings are not being passed on to consumers this government will take the necessary steps to ensure that they will be, even if we have to partner with others or import the items ourselves. It is that important to us. Mr. Speaker, too much money is being taken out of the pockets of our people and they're not receiving value for their hard work. My colleagues and I in this part government takes that commitment very seriously and it cannot be business as usual where many people are being taken advantage of with some of the prices being charged on essential items. This budget also reflects our commitment to modernize our infrastructure, to investments and partnerships, as well as an increase in funding to automate many government services. We believe that this is necessary to free up resources so they may focus more on enforcement and compliance to ensure that Caymanians are protected both in their homes and in the workplace. There are no new fees or taxes levied on the public. A forecast to earn operating revenues of 940.9 million in 2022 and 978.1 million in 2023. This part government is committed to ensuring that our citizens and residents not only have the opportunities to earn a living, but can also afford to live here in the Cayman Isles while at the same time being able to save for a rainy day. We'll be looking at expanding the product offerings for Cynical in the next year. We're looking to get into other insurance products. We're actually looking to use members of the civil service as a pilot program for it. And we think this will definitely save a lot of public servants money. 7.4 million in 2022 and 14.9 million in 2023 for the public schools meal program and two million per year in 2022 and 2023 for care of indigent and disabled elderly persons. Transfer payments, which are forecast to be 61.5 million in 2022 and 52.9 million in 2023. 
These funds will be used to deliver critical social programs that support our young people in achieving their educational goals and provide vital financial support to the most vulnerable in our society. We have 10 million per year in 2022 and 2023 for local and overseas scholarships to more than 2,500 students per year to enable them to pursue advanced studies and acquire the skills necessary for our modern Cayman job market. Also included in the transfer payments, Mr. Speaker, is 13.7 million in 2022 and 14.5 million in 2023 for temporary and permanent financial assistance to support the most vulnerable in our community. 11.1 million per year in 2022 and 2023 for ex-gratial payments to our retired seamen and veterans, and 10.3 million in 2022 for extraordinary relief stipends, which will be in respect to assistance for persons in the tourism sector. 19 million to the National Housing Development Trust to cover debt servicing obligations and the construction of affordable homes. Mr. Speaker, I want to just pause right there and speak about that 19 million again. I really don't want to take any thunder from the Honorable Minister for Planning and Infrastructure, um, the Honorable J.E. Banks from the District of Northside. But Mr. Speaker, I'm going to say this much. I have never seen a young person so committed to getting houses for Caymanians. And he has set a very ambitious target of pushing for at least 100 homes per year. And Minister, I just want to say on behalf of my Ministry of Finance, we're going to do everything we can do to make sure you get the funds to address this national problem. But thank you for your commitment. Mr. Speaker, while we cannot guarantee equal outcome, we can guarantee equal opportunity for our people. All right, folks, thank you so much for that. Um, from Mr. Saunders, again, part of his budget uh, contribution. We'll put it up on the, um, on the CMR page kind of separately so that you guys can view that because I think that these messages are really important. It's important to know um, what's in the budget and what you know has been happening. Now listen, uh, quite frankly, we have not even had an opportunity to, there's been a lot in the LA proceedings, right? And you would have to have all day because that's really what they're, the time frame that they're in there for. Last night, we were supposed to have the um, premiere on, but unfortunately around five o'clock, he said, listen, I'm still going to be in the LA. I'm still going to be in Parliament, as it's now called. Um, so we're going to be going late into the night tonight. So unfortunately, I know I had committed to coming on at seven, but it doesn't look like I'm going to be done with work. And that's his primary work. Um, obviously, coming and having a conversation with people and talking to people directly is also important. So he has promised, uh, as soon as Parliament wraps up the session, that um, he will be joining us. So I don't have an exact time yet, but I will certainly let you guys know on when that's going to happen. So uh, big shout out to all of the MPs who actually show up to work and you know who do what it is that they need to do. Because it's unfortunate, but some, you see them on camera when the camera is rolling, but the truth of the matter is they don't really show up. And we know they're not there. We know when rule call starts, 
um, they were simply not there and they come right before lunchtime to make sure that they at least get to have lunch and God knows what they were doing for the morning session. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll keep an eye on those individuals because I think the people have a right to know, uh, even in terms of general attendance. When are people showing up? So um, there's a lot in the budget that was discussed. There are a lot of um, programs that this government is hopeful and they provided financing for that they'll be able to get off the ground. And it sounds like, you know, between um, their goals and objectives and what the mandate that the civil service has, they are going to be extremely busy um, during their tenure. So we will certainly be keeping you all abreast of um, exactly what is happening. And as we get the updates, you know, we'll pass those along as well. So uh, thank you to the PAC government. Thank you for the opposition members that show up and that participate in the process. Um, you know, some of them had comments where they were not in favor of the budget or how they're doing certain things. And I say, listen, you had your chance. Now give somebody else a chance that is trying to do a thing. You know, you're not the only person that has all the answers for this country. So Ms. Sue says no mention yet for help for retirees, health insurance. Um, it's way too much money. I think Mr. Saunders mentioned there that there will be some sort of um, health insurance reform coming. Wee says just love the PAC government. Uh, Tommy, good morning to you. Joining us from the Bahamas, we appreciate you always tuning into the program. So we are ending the program a little bit early today, folks. Um, because again, I've got to get to the Westin on West Bay Road. I always have to try to remind myself, which one is the Westin again? Like the hotels, you know, there's so many of them now, Joe. Um, but I always know just head to West Bay Road and eventually you're gonna pass it because they're pretty much all that way. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna get on the road this morning and we're gonna definitely have a look at um, what's going on at the job fair. So if you've not yet pre-registered folks, go ahead to the website, pre-register. I've had lots of people messaging me uh, on social media about the job fair. A lot of them are not Caymanians or people with rights to work, which is interesting, right? As Caymanians, we wanna complain, oh, it's not working for us. Nobody's gonna hire me, blah, blah, blah. But I see all of these other people showing up. So I'm like, listen, you just need to show up. Do what you're supposed to do, pre-register, Come with your mask and everything today. Show up with the intent of putting your best foot forward. You'll get some resume help. And um, yes, Damien, I, I remember just now where it is. But um, show up with and put your best foot forward so that people can um, see that Caymanians are actually interested in tourism. That's what this is all about. And yes, this isn't every tourism job, but the industry has said these are the most urgent jobs that they need. And I feel like getting a foot in the door is certainly better than nothing at all, right? So good people, um, I'm gonna end the show with a little commercial break. I'm gonna run and, and go finish getting ready. I've actually got to put on, um, this is a dress, but it's like a little bit above my knee. You know how you have that, like they'll tell you stand up straight and if it reaches to your fingertips, then it's, it's long enough. This one does, it reaches past that. But I actually like to pair this with a pair of leggings because I actually think it kind of looks good. 
And then it keeps my legs nice and warm when I go to court too, because sometimes court is really cold. So as you know, you can't wear anything sleeveless in court. So I have to take a um, sweater with me, which I'll put over this when I pop into court a little bit later on. So I'm going to head on the road. I'm going to go by the Weston. So I'll live stream from the Weston. So tune back in for that once we go live so you guys can see the setup and you can see what's going on. We'll have a quick chat with some of the DOT reps and the industry um, guys who are there. Um, Ms. Lee says, dress accordingly, guys, for the interview. Yes, everything is important. Everything helps you to get a foot in the door. you got to look good. you got to feel good. All these things do matter. So I will be there, and I'll give you guys the first report, and then later on in the afternoon, once the job fair sorts of kicks, kicks off at 1 o'clock, we'll be back there as well. All right, so have a beautiful day. Tune back in in a little bit um, as I traverse from Savannah, Newlands area to West Bay Road, and uh, I'll see you guys in a jiffy. Are you interested in a rewarding and exciting career in tourism? Are you a Caymanian, a permanent resident with rights to work? Then you don't want to miss this upcoming tourism job fair on Thursday, December the 9th from 1 to 4 p.m. This amazing event will be a chance for you to speak with industry experts who have some 200 real-world jobs available at leading hotels and restaurants around the island. Show up with your resume in hand, best foot forward, and a warm, Cayman kind smile while dressed to impress. Pre-registration is highly recommended at jobfair.ourcayman.ky. The Tourism Job Fair is a collaborative project between Works, CITA, and the Ministry of Tourism and Transport. Ho Ho Home for the Holidays is here. Cayman Mall Road is offering a special Christmas supplement ideal for retailers, service companies, and restaurants to showcase your products and services for the holidays. Do you sell gift certificates for a day at the spa? Specials on excellent electronic gift ideas, catering for the holidays? Then contact CMR Sales today. No business is too big or small. Take advantage of Cayman's number one media outlet to showcase your Christmas offerings. Supplement publication date is December 18th, so contact us by December 13th for your display ads and sponsored content. CMR offers the island's best advertising rates with the largest reach. Don't delay. Call 324-1612 or sales at caymanmarlroad.com today. Give your family the gift of Roquet. Looking for the perfect gift idea for the entire family? Then look no further than Roquet, Cayman's number one streaming experts. Confused by VPNs, Amazon Prime, Netflix geolocking, UK channels disappearing, where to find your favorite events, and so much more? Roquet takes the guesswork out of the world of streaming, doing the hard work for you. Give them a call today and see why Roquet is Cayman's most knowledgeable and customer-focused streaming support company. 345-926-1213. That's 345-926-1213. Call them today and give the gift that the whole family will enjoy, including you. Tis the season for big deals at Small Deals Outlet. Visit us for the latest gadgets, small electronics, phone cases, cables, and so much more. Small Deals Outlet specializes in all 2021 trending stocking stuffers like portable Wi-Fi routers, office desks and chairs, straightening hairbrushes, earbuds, and charging cables. Visit us today in the Thompson Building or conveniently order online at smalldealsoutlet.com and have it delivered to you. Tis the season for big deals at Small Deals Outlet. Call 746 Seventy fifty four for more info.
Accidents happen at any time. When you least expect it, be prepared. Reach out to Recover Personal Injury Attorneys. We don't get paid until you recover. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of The Cold Hard Truth. Make sure to check Facebook for showtimes and more information and the latest news at CaymanMarlRoad.com. Subscribe to our IG and Facebook pages to get the latest happenings. 